And we're live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 57th episode of the Million Ex-Girlfriends podcast. Sitting on the left, and from an undisclosed location, Andy Hopkinson, a.k.a. Karat Delphi, a.k.a. The Strings of Bad Practice. Andy. Some of them. What's up, man? Uh, uh, that's always an interesting question for me. <laughs> I always just want to be that asshole. Like, every time somebody's like, what's up? And I'm like, usually lights or the roof or the... <laughs> um, I don't know what's up. I never know what's up. I just kind of fucking send it. Fair enough. Um, so let me let me start off with, like, an easy question. Like, not an easy question, but, like, an easy one to ask. Like, during the course of the pandemic, you know, being a musician and all, how, how did you deal, you know? <laughs> not well. <laughs> I mean... <clears throat> Probably better than a lot. Uh, we have a great studio to work with, and I've got a great band to work with, and I do a lot of solo stuff, and I've never stopped working on any of it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I think the first maybe six or eight months weren't as bad as I thought they were, because <laughs> uh, it was you know getting to like eight months in eight you know eight months to a year and that kind of span i'm starting to realize like we didn't play live for so long that uh i i just started to realize like this huge crucial part of my life that was like cathartic so much and it was just like something that i love to do and i look forward to all the time like we just had a great fucking show last night our first show back in a year and a half and it's such a weight off my shoulders to do that because it's something I missed so much and I didn't even realize how much I missed it until about eight months in. Then I'm like, why the fuck do I feel so dysfunctional? Like, what's wrong with me? And then I start to realize as I'm talking to my bandmates, it's just like, we haven't played live. We haven't been able to do this thing that we love doing. It's like similar to uh, uh, a lot of times, like, because uh, I do landscaping uh, and I do it less now because I just don't want to absolutely fucking destroy my body. <laughs> and... Uh, it's kind of an unsustainable industry, and it's that part frustrates the fuck out of me. So I don't want to, you know, subscribe myself to it as much as possible, but I also am really good at it. So, and I get paid. Yeah, they they bring they bring you in when you're young and your body works, and then they spit you out seven years later. You just broke down. Yeah, you're okay. like 30 years old and you're walking around like a 47 year old man. And when you're young, you're an idiot, and you're like, oh, well, I can just bust my ass and I'll crush this, not realizing that you're gonna you are fucking destroying yourself later on in your and life. You're just on because it because you're hustling. And it's a hamster wheel too. Like yeah. there's no like you said. Uh, uh, landscaping uh, agriculture is not really sustainable I as a career. Like. I call it unsustainable agriculture whenever I refer to it because that's exactly what it is. All of these plants are, you know, exotic species, or most of them, they all need constant attention. They, or most of them. And, you know, just like lawns just need constant upkeep. Whereas it's not the same as, you know, growing a garden for food or something like that. It's the complete fucking opposite. And so, uh,. But uh, that, uh, you know, I've done my whole fucking life and I've worked so much and it's kind of going back to the other point of uh, when I would work so many hours, you know, like 50 hours, 50, 60 hours in a week, I wouldn't have time to pick up my guitar or rap or anything like that. And I'd start to, you know, go around and be like, why am I such a fucking asshole? Like, why am I a prick right now? And I'd pick up my guitar and I'd just start playing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> 
and it, it was it's music's I need to do music it's it's a it's a compulsion for me going up and hanging out at the uh, you know at the Providence scene at Spaka shows and you know seeing like my boys play like Jesse and Scribe and all that they're all the man I love those guys was a central like component to starting all of this podcast vlog shit so over the year that there was no live performance I didn't have that I wouldn't even say, like, yeah, the social scene was important, but because it, like, motivated me to, like, you know, do better work and shit like that. That's That was the whole point of it, to document, you know, the goings-on. Community and, is important. It's and then with, important. without anything to do, with, with no live performances, there was none of that. Mm -hmm. So for a year, I was just kind of flailing with all this. I can fucking imagine. <laughs> it was it was terrible. Like I, at one point last summer, I was making like song review videos. Like uh, who the fuck do I think I am, Anthony Fantano? <laughs> Dude, whatever. Like I, I feel like so many people did things like creative specifically did things just to basically keep themselves like alive. Because so many people uh, that are creative do it because it's like it's therapy. It's 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 a compulsion. It's like we need to do it because if we don't do it then we're not ourselves. Fucking explode. Exactly. And I can't fucking I will hate myself every fucking day if I'm not working on music or playing music or constantly thinking about it. It's I breathe this shit. Like I live and breathe it every fucking day. I, I can't not do it. I can't get over, speaking of creativity, I just can't get over how easy this is going to be to edit. This is going to be awesome. I'm already thinking ahead. I'm like, this is going to be easy breezy, man. Hey, dude. It's a, a good setup. It's a good setup, man. It's oh, yeah. A, I I do my best to, you know, we've got I, a lot of shit, and, like, we just do our best to fucking contribute and do a lot of good things here. And so I have the, uh, I have, like, Morant's podcast microphones, and I think I tried plugging them in directly into the camera one time and that created some like you know like hissing and clicking mm. for some reason i don't know if it just the only thing i'm even remotely concerned about is like hopefully the levels are good you know yeah. if i'm if i'm too close or too far away or any of this shit but, you I'll, know I'll try it to seems keep... like it's pretty decent yeah every you listen to every episode of this there's peaking all over the place yeah, sometimes yeah. i try to fix it other it's times gonna happen <laughs> dude the first episode i did with Jen... you just have a section that's just like that just for reference <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first episode I did with <laughs> the first episode I did with Jesse Piff when we got when we got the Morantz microphones, mm. the sound was all over the place. Half it. the time I don't even think I was holding the microphone in my mouth. I was listening. <laughs> I was listening back to it the other day just because I didn't have any data on my phone and yeah. I just have all sorts of podcast like episodes of my podcast on there. So I'm listening to one and at one point it's just five solid minutes of me just talking in the background. You can, is there something going on? You can and really see, it still seems like it's picking that up pretty well. That's right. These, that's because these are good microphones. That's why. They're decent. They're decent. Kyle's not bad. It's, you know, it's, it's middle of the line shit, but ladies, middle of the line shit is good enough. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the MXG Lounge. Because the microphone's so good, I can just sit back like a, I can just disrespectfully cross my legs just to show you how comfortable I am. Uh -huh. well. I'm going to, I'm going to find so many ways to cross my legs in this episode. Because I don't have to get <laughs> folded under, you know, yeah. just do some Kaja Shock shit, you know, cabaret, because, whatever the fuck. Because I will not allow you to be more comfortable than me. That's not how this goes. <laughs> oh, it was just going to, you comfortably went up in each other, just be like. Ah. <laughs> ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> so anyway, that's the podcast. <laughs> that's this like, is a futon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, this is. All right. <laughs> As every futon should be. <laughs> if a futon's too comfortable, then, like, what are you doing? It was, you either spent too much money on it, or it's not a fucking futon. 
Like, it's, yeah, it's resounding. A futon's job is to be resoundingly okay. Fact. Or uncomfortable, because there's definitely those ones where you're sitting on it and you're just like, man, I'd rather sleep on the floor. Wait, so me playing with my phone is a vital component to the show. Do you guys have Wi-Fi here? Yes. Uh, I can't. I've, don't say it on the. Don't say it on the. Oh, thing. I, honestly, I don't remember the fucking password. So, oh, okay. Um. I mean, there's an open Xfinity. There's an open Xfinity. Good luck with here. that. Yeah, I don't okay. think that's gonna work. Well, I won't try it then. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you have decent service here. I can. No, I don't have any data at all. I slowed my data down because I, I got poor boy phone. Uh, I got, I like got that. that poor boy data plan. Even and then like even when you get the unlimited data plan, it's still not unlimited. It's unlimited up to like ten or fifteen gigabytes. So it's mm. not unlimited. Mm. It's fucking just a bigger amount of data. You're gonna f- fool me into using it all anyway. <laughs> I'll see if I can get you the Wi-Fi password. You have you have infinite. Uh, just uh, that way we don't have to give away vital information. Yeah, it, I I don't have it, so I just I sent my buddy a text. So fair enough. We'll get back to that time. Pending. Because, uh, yeah, sometimes I like, sometimes I just like to go on Twitter trending and see what's going on. Twitter trending has been boring lately. I believe it. Uh, like, see if I have Twitter on my phone. I usually don't. I don't. I'm not even on Twitter. I got uh, like the the social media I focus on is just Instagram and Facebook, just because like Twitter's cool and all, but like it's just too much. I've been wa- so goddamn much. I've been spending two years watching and listening to Gary V. So Gary V is the fucking shit. I use. I'm glad you said that. I I use Twitter. I use all social media. Um, I try to like you know figure out how that platform works or whatever. Mm. But like one of the things I do is I just go into the search bar on any social media platform, type in the thing I'm interested in at the moment, and then just start commenting and liking stuff. You know, go onto Instagram and just type in skateboarding, and a million and one skateboard videos come up. So I just comment mm. fucking you know fire emojis and fucking this is awesome, sick bro, keep it up, just stuff like that. And then people people like you know, they follow me, they they feel supported or whatever, and like it's all about getting yourself out there. Exactly, that's what, that's that's you gotta go, you gotta go. You gotta go where the attention is, okay? You gotta get on the seven platforms that matter. LinkedIn, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> is that your Gary Vee impression? Yeah. It's, it's good, it's good. I fucking sleep eight hours a night, bro, but when I'm up, I'm fucking working. It's not how much you sleep, it's what you do when you're awake. It's a pretty good impression. <laughs> I like it. You didn't swear enough, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, the problem is, like, I, I can't, like... When he does swear, he has so much energy that when he does swear, I don't notice it because it just sounds like me talking. I don't notice when I swear because it's just like like one time. I don't either. Yeah, one time my mom, one time my dad actually, my mom doesn't care. She'll sit there and just like kind of like bear through it. But like my dad will be like, "Can you quit with the swearing?" I'm like, "I'm sorry." (laughs) All right, so I think I have the Wi-Fi password. It's literally like I, I literally use um. I literally use swear words like filler words instead of saying, uh, although I do also say um and uh and stuff like that. So I, I, I got to get, I got to try to get better at talking. But like I was saying before, um, let's, see that works. let's see if it works. Like I was saying before, listening to Gary Vee, just going on the different, you know, um, social media platforms and trying to like figure out what to do on those. I've gone on Twitter and gotten a lot of support from fellow independent podcasts and uh, you know, showed showed a lot of support to fellow independent podcasts. Gotten a lot of support from them. There's this one podcast called Good Girls Go to Heaven. They're not really making stuff anymore, which kind of disappoints me because I like them. 
Jocelyn and Clarissa. It was like it was kind of like Call Me Daddy, except it wasn't as skanky as Call Me Daddy was. What's Call Me Daddy? Call Me Daddy was a show that ha- originally had two. Is a podcast that originally had two girls, uh, two women on it, a blonde and a brunette. And the brunette, I don't remember her name. She started another podcast with another friend of hers, and the blonde girl, because she's a shark, she was like, "Oh well, then you just can't, you just can't be on this podcast anymore." Like kicked her out, left her out of it. Then two years later, she goes and signs a sixty million three-year deal with Spotify. Sixty million dollars for three years of the Gluck Gluck Nine Thousand. <laughs> now say what you will about Joe Rogan and and him giving a platform to you know alt-right people or yeah, he's, whatever. Uh... Saying dumb a stuff. He's a person. He, uh, he's really good at talking to people. That I will give him. Say what, say what you will about him. $10 million for his contract was like reasonable. That's like the first podcast to make a major deal with Spotify. Sixty million dollars for ladies. You gotta, you gotta put. You wanna, you wanna get your man back. What you gotta do is you gotta put his thing through a washing machine. We call that the Gluck Gluck Nine Thousand Girls. <laughs> But I, I, I am jealous. I am fucking jealous. That's why I'm talking so much shit. Because $60 million to do a little more effort than what I fucking do. Mm. It's like, hey, go run up the Spotify numbers right now. I want to be rolling in cash for just for nothing. That's what America is, right? Pretty much. It's the land of unbridled capitalism. And if you can take advantage of it, good for you. And if you can't, you're fucked. Uh, yeah, the system is designed to be taken advantage of. Oh, there That's we pretty go. Much it. There's just no caps. You're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere within the system trying to do the right thing because it's not designed for you to succeed from within. No, you it's have just to. it's designed for rich old white men to stay rich and white and old. <laughs> I don't know. Stay white. Get the fuck out of the sun, bitch. It's not that hard for them. They just have to, you know. Breed in a certain fashion. You I got a you like, got a new yacht. Manage. You got a new yacht. I don't want to see you tanning. You better build a sunshade over that whole thing. If you have a three story long, if you have a three football field long yacht, you need to have a four football field long sunshade over your yacht. <laughs> it's another yacht that is literally just a cover for your yacht. I couldn't say any of those words right, but it's still the funniest thing I've ever said. <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta go back. Uh, I saw that Napster was trending. I gotta see. Oh man. I gotta see why Napster's trending. Thrilling. Oh, I'm so excited about Napster, I guess. It's literally just people asking why Napster is trending. <laughs> I love that when I go on, when you go on Twitter and you see something's trending and then you like go to like check out why and people are just literally posting, why is this trending? <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it trend more. Oh, it's a vicious circle. Oh man, so so check oh, this out. These old these experience. old computer speakers. Someone says, "What are you blasting out of these?" Someone says, "In the end, by Lincoln Park, downloaded from Napster, along with thirty-seven viruses that fucked up the computer." Mm. Yeah, you know, because I'm on because I'm on top. People that's... always talk about Napster, but like, where's LimeWire at? There was what LimeWire. There was I think the other one was what Quaza or some shit like that. There's a bunch of when Napster went down. There were so many other ones because like Napster was. Just like a cunt hair before my time. Well, just a little. Naps. Okay, uh, cunt hair is in a measure of uh, is in a measurement. Okay, I thought I, when you when you said cunt hair, I thought we were going to be talking about business practices. Um, <laughs> oh no, cunt hair is a, like a legitimate measurement. If you ever do manual labor, all these motherfuckers will you'll it's used all the time. Move it just to cunt hair. Oh, uh, it's just well, to cunt hair off. Wait, 
what, what kind of what kind of businesses are we? Is there like a dock around here or something like that? That's like docks around here, right? Uh, yeah. So New Bedford, this is like one of the fishing capitals of the welcome world. Welcome to the welcome to the fucking New Bedford docks. You're just a cunt hair away from the greatest fish in the world. <laughs> I mean, basically, that's uh, New Bedford's like uh, one of those big small cities. It's a small city, but it's got a lot of notoriety for a lot of different reasons. People think it's a shithole. Parts of it are. We were driving through some of it, and I was it's like... N- it's not as bad as most people think it is. They're it's like, not as oh, bad I'm going to get robbed here. And I'm like, eh, not really. It just looks like it. It does. It does look like <laughs> it. But... Worcester. That's where you might get robbed. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> you, you, know, will get, you will get your shit l- clapped by a fucking the bigger uh, cities poor white have, person. Yeah, <laughs> the bigger cities tend to have um, more of those shitty parts. Like, I wouldn't really have a great time in Southie or anything like that in Boston or whatever, but... Oh, man, you know, I, I love... New Bedford really isn't that bad. I've been to Southie a couple of times, and I, I am always, like, very careful when I'm walking through there. I see, like, I see dudes with, like, their Irish hats and stuff. I'm like, oh, no, they're coming to ask me if I know any Dropkick Murphy songs. Uh, it's, well, uh, Southie <laughs> is the the urban land of racist white people. Like, yeah. they're all just... They're just racist as fuck. Like and the o- so many of them are just fucking assholes. And the only reason I go there is because it's a great restaurant over there called Amrines. Love it. Had some great memories and great times there. Cool. Um, that's the only thing I ever do in Southie is go to Amrines. Go into the House of Blues. Go into the Paradise Rock Club. Southie's right around the fucking corner. You know, mm-hmm. five ten minutes. Go get some fucking dope food. Head over to the show. I might have to do that. I'm going to Boston in uh, November to see Thundercat. So nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. What was the name of that place? Amrines. Amrines. I, I think it's spelled A H M R E I N S. It's Irish. That so. sounds Irish. <laughs> yeah, Especially with a- the H in there for like not really any reason. <laughs> it's like we're just gonna toss an H in there. That's yeah, what makes it Irish. Like Doherty or something like that. Like what the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, there's only yeah. like, there's only like six Irish last names, and they all don't make, <laughs> they don't make any fucking sense. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, New Bedford's really not as bad as a lot of people think it is. Uh, it's got so much fucking history here, like, so much. Uh, we were the whaling capital of the world, like, hands down. Yeah, I the saw... The whaling capital of the fucking... We're like, Herman Melville's from up in this bitch, like, Moby Dick, that's about shit that came out of here, like, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with, like what Moby Dick is, it's like kind of based on a true story. I was, I, d- I haven't read the story, but I was just thinking about it the other day because I was listening to the audiobook version of Old Man in the Sea, and I was thinking to myself like, okay, I'm going to have to like listen to Moby Dick then at some point because mm. I'm loving this fucking book about a man fighting a fish. Oh, dude, the, the real story is fucking probably crazier than what actually like what Moby Dick is about because uh, Herman Melville heard about this fucking story and he's like, holy fuck, this is crazy because he was a whaler. He was on these ships. And so there was a ship out of Nantucket, I think, called the Essex. And this is funny because you were just at my show last night. I make a reference to this in one of my songs, which is, uh, uh, now I gotta fucking remember it. Um, this, uh, it's like this whole ship was meant for the whales. Um, Sails reveal it in gales. This whole ship was meant for the whales. Uh, I'm just gonna fucking look it up. I was—I literally was singing this off the top of my you, goddamn head of the show last you night. You look it up, and remember. I'm gonna think about how much I like the song "She Wanted to Leave" by Ween. 
Yep, I'm thinking about it. I like that song. Um, <laughs> but so the original story is the the true story of the Essex, which is out of Nantucket. And at the time, you know, there was obviously no Panama Canal. All these ships were sailing all over the world, sailing out for months just to get a good haul. And it didn't really matter where they ended up. So they were from Nantucket. They s sailed all the way around the bottom of the Americas, and they were in the Pacific. And the Essex... Uh, happened to run into a really aggressive albino sperm whale. Like, I'm pretty sure it's documented that it was an albino sperm whale. Mm. Uh, and that whale absolutely fucking murked that ship. <laughs> like, destroyed the fuck out of it. Fucked these dudes. They were in the middle of the ocean. And, like, absolutely fucking destroyed that ship. And then you've got a handful of guys in lifeboats that are uh, just... Out at sea, just being like, fuck, what do we do? Oh, and man. so they had a couple of options, and those options were they knew that there were islands out more to sea that they could try to go to. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of widely believed that they were inhabited by cannibals. And so that wasn't... A lot of them were like, ah, we can't go there because we're just going to get eaten by these cannibals. But I'm pretty sure at least one of those boats was like, fuck it, we're going to go there. And they ended up not being cannibals. Hmm. And they ended up being all right. The other ones... Why do you think we eat people? That's not what we do out here. <laughs> what is that from? That's, from... It's just a, that's just a bad African voice. Any, I, know, I feel like I've heard that anytime, in something. Anytime someone says like a tribe of like cannibals, I immediately think like, you know, I immediately think like... That 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 sounds so racist to say, but anytime somebody says something like that, I immediately think like what a racist would think of like savage, <laughs> like fucking grass skirts and ooga booga and shit like that. Yeah, that's um, there's a, a little bit of there's a little bit of a instilled racism there, but what do you I mean? <clears throat> Uh, growing up as a white person, it was hard to push myself away from that because it was like, I grew up in like a suburban white area and there was like, I knew like two black kids. And so like, it was just not something I was around. I was so out of touch. Like both my parents were conservative and I had to unlearn so fucking much because it's just like, as I got older, as I started hanging out in the city more, as I started hanging out with a lot of more diverse groups of people, I'm like, wow, all this stuff is not only like destructive, but it's like hurtful. And I'm just kind of being a fucking asshole without even like realizing it. Mm. And that's like as I feel like as long as you realize that uh, and kind of like work to grow out of it, uh, then that's good. Because uh, there's so many people that I know that like I you know I used to fucking say slurs all the time and shit, but like jokingly. And then I started to grow up out of it. That was like you know when I was like eighteen, nineteen. And then I started to grow up out of it, and I'm just like wow. That's just, I'm just a fucking asshole. Like, it, I shouldn't do that shit. It's okay to say white people slurs. Oh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm Honky, a fucking... cracker, colonizer. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm like, my heritage is literally, like, the whitest white bread colonizer. Half of my family is, like, blue blood American English. Like, they pride themselves and be like, we came over on the Mayflower. And they did. But, like... Cool. Oh, that's great. Okay, so you've just been killing natives for longer than yeah, everybody else. Yeah, fucking Fun. your 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 ancestors were uh, religious extremists and terrorists <laughs> who were literally kicked out of their own fucking country. Facts. <laughs> the other side of my family, which is still white as fuck, is more interesting at least because it's French Canadian, and uh, I found this out a handful of years ago, and it kind of like took a little while for me to realize, like what the significance of it was but mom was just like oh well yeah your great grandmother was like the madam of a brothel and then I was like a couple years ago I was like wait 
So my great grandmother was probably a whore at some point. <laughs> oh shit! I'm descended from whores. All right, You're like that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, you think white people would like be more proud of that? Like, hey, I, we got a fucking bunch of murderers and whores in our fucking bloodline. Instead, they're like, nah, they fuck. They founded the country. I don't know why I keep jumping to that Boston voice. <laughs> <laughs> so so. Uh, yeah, you were saying about the Essex. Yeah, and I think it's kind of funny because uh, the irony of the situation just struck me. And I don't know if that's actually hit me like this before, but like, so these motherfuckers were afraid to go to this island because they thought they were cannibals. And then the other, the ones who were afraid and basically tried to sail back to South America because they were basically west of South America. And so, not even sail, they were in fucking like life rowboats. Nice. And it was like hundreds of miles. And so they started like just dying off and all this shit and it got to the point where they ran out of food and uh they actually had to draw straws and one of them had to like kill one of them just so that they could eat them <laughs> to survive so like the irony is you avoid an island you think is cannibals and then end up cannibalizing because you had to go so much further. Look at their silly cracker ass eating each other out there. They didn't come over here because they were scared of us eating them. And now look what they are doing. It's crazy. Running in circles to end up at the place you didn't want to be in the first place. So yeah, the, the lines that I wrote for this song, which is a song that I played last night called Until It Hurts. It's a sails reveal it in gales. This old ship was meant for the whales. Hold on your hopes, but don't guess what's expected or your fragile frame will end like the Essex. And so, like, I kind of, the, I always like taking, uh, like, old terms and, like, flipping them on their head so that they're almost barely recognizable. Kind of like, people are like, this shit's for the birds. Mm. And so I was just like, instead, it's like, this ship is, this shit, old, this ship was meant for the whales. <laughs> so it's like, this shit's for the whales. You That's know? funny. Uh, I, I always try to do stuff like that. Like, I mean, you sh I'm sure I already know that, like, I'm... Definitely very much about my lyricism, and I, I try to, you know, focus on that a lot. Do you guys have, you guys have music recorded on streaming services, right? So we have two songs out right now, yeah. as far as bad practice goes. I have almost all my solo shits on SoundCloud and Bandcamp, um, which I am coming out with more projects, solo projects. I've got an acoustic EP I'm recording, I've got a rap EP I'm recording, and those are both basically like death throes of what I used to be as an artist, because I was like, alright, well these songs are good and I should record them and get them out there, but like I'm doing so much different shit, even solo-wise, mm. uh, that like I, I just, I've always got more content coming out, but we've got an EP that's out on Spotify and pretty much everywhere uh, called Cerebral, and that's, it's a, just like a demo EP, uh, we recorded ourselves, like I mixed and mastered it myself. It sounds alright, you know, I could have done better. I'm still learning and everything, and I'm definitely getting better, but, you know. They're decent songs, they're like middle of the line for what we do, because we definitely, you know, you heard us last night, we get, uh, we're chill, but we also get heavy as fuck, like, we do not fucking care, we're just gonna play the music we want to, and sometimes that's like, chill, melodic post-rock, sometimes it's straight fucking hardcore. No, I would call you guys more like experimental, like, post-hardcore or something like that. Post-hardcore funk is what I've usually that's, kind of like... That's good, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> usually what I categorize ourselves as, because people, at first, everyone's just like, so what kind of music do you play? And I'm like, that's a great question. Have you ever listened to Ween? Okay, just turn the distortion up. 
right. Yeah, that's actually a good one. I like that. Oh, so it only records like a certain amount on, well, on each video? Or based whatever? on the frame rate setting, yeah. This one records for 27 minutes at a time. Okay. And uh, this is actually how I used to do it. Just like raw, I would just record all the audio right into the camera and then just like strip it out afterwards. So oh, cool. this is this is like literally like going back to basics. This helps e even though like... Like, I didn't bring my computer. Here's a little peek behind the curtain. I didn't bring, my, like, my computer or anything because I wasn't mm -hmm. planning on, like, you know, I ended up staying out all night. And then, like, I shot up here. I happened to have my camera and stuff. So, uh, you know, dude, this setup is, like, literally taking it back to, like, square one mm -hmm. for me. So... This is this is that's also. I mean, depending I'm, on how well this works, you know, yeah. you might want to invest in like some microphones and a mixing board. That's also <laughs> that's why um that's why I'm like looking that's why I'm like already looking forward to recording this because I'm like oh this is gonna be like not is it just gonna be a breeze but this is gonna be like how I used to do it yeah, and then like yeah. I don't know maybe that'll influence me to like make something else because I just moved a bunch of footage I had from this summer onto my computer and I'm just gonna try to like make a supercut vlog out of it or something. Fucking do it. It's just people love supercuts. People love that shit. <clears throat> It's, yeah, it's just like a bunch of like loose odds and ends from the la from like since like May or something. I think it starts at uh, Pri I think I think the earliest video starts at Pride in Wakefield. That would have been like late June. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Pride Month. That's a thing. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, no, that was that was that was actually fun like going down there. It was it was the first it was the first uh river fire since the pandemic. And I've like, not been one of those yet. No, every, obviously since then. You know, I mean. Everyone in fucking Wakefield was there practically. Like the whole town was there, and um, <clears throat> the whole town was there. All my friends were there and shit. And it was just a, it was just a really good night. Awesome. And then like I went and hung out with another group of friends. So, so I just, I just remember a little shit like that. Like even though like nothing like spectacular or specific happened, it's like one of those days where it's like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna remember that for the rest of my life. Hmm. Someone fixing something around here? Sounds like it. Sounds like somebody's drilling some holes or some shit. Or, yeah, or like they're fucking up with the power screwdriver. They keep missing. It's yeah, maybe. Stripping uh, the shit. Yeah, it's very possible, honestly. There's a lot of shit that goes around, on around here. I just got a, um... This is completely unrelated, but I have I've had a GameCube for quite a few years now. And it's jamming. It's it's absolute classic. I love so many fucking, like, exclusive GameCube games. So many of them are so fucking good. Like the uh, the Star Fox uh, like adventure games, underrated. Oh yeah, I played that Star Fox Adventure. It was like a Zelda game almost. Yeah, <clears throat> I jammed the fuck out to that game. It was actually a great time. I played um, that. I maybe pl I don't know if it holds up because you know I was a bit, quite a bit younger when I played it. But you know, you know what? That I should I should look around on eBay and see if I can find that. Some GameCube games are fucking expensive oh, for God, like yeah. no reason. Like yeah. Crazy Taxi. There's no reason I should be paying thirty dollars for a copy of Crazy mm. Taxi, but I will. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's got seven songs by The Offspring and Bad Religion. It's worth it, <laughs> worth every penny. <laughs> oh, that's been a minute. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, uh, maybe like six months ago, I had an extreme hankering to go back and play Super Mario Sunshine. Ooh, and I love that fucking game. And I was so ready to go and find it for the GameCube and then get a GameCube just so I could play it. And then I was just like, somebody 60, just like... 70, 80 bucks yeah. for the game. Well, this is somebody told me, just like, oh, well, you know, they remastered it for the Switch. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. That, it, what, what? And it's, they did. And I was just like, holy shit. And apparently the hard copies are super hard to find. But my brother-in-law, who's the fucking man... I was talking to him about it. I'm like, dude, I can't even believe this is a thing. He's like, I have a copy if you want it. And I'm like, yes. 
and I don't even have a switch yet. So I'm basically like, he's just holding on to this fucking copy for me until I get a switch, then I'm gonna buy it off of him. And I'm just gonna go so fucking hard in Super Mario Sunshine. And it's gonna be rematch, it's gonna look gorgeous. Ah, like I can't even, I'm so gassed. I'm gonna, I'm so good. gonna go on um, eBay right now and look at the price of Super Mario Sunshine so I can be nice and angry. But yeah, I was looking around at well, Game GameCube version, right? Exactly. Because yeah. I, I also heard that the the new copies, like like I said, the hard copies are almost impossible to find for the Switch, and they're probably going to be ridiculously expensive too, because it was like a limited release. And I think that you can get like the digital copies or whatever, but I think that the hard copies are like much harder to find. Yeah. Oh, okay. Super Mario Sunshine actually isn't that expensive. I thought it would be a lot more expensive than it was. Uh, it's like 36, 40 bucks wow. on average. That's pretty much like the price it was when it came out. Yeah, that's not I'm bad at sure all. GameCube because games like, were like 40 bucks, if I remember correctly. Because like the Legend of Zelda games are fucking expensive oh, God, on GameCube. Yeah. Like, let me look up Twilight Princess real quick. Zelda. Or Wind Waker. Twilight. Oh yeah, that one's that fucking one's gonna forget it. I never even imagined buying that one because it was always so expensive. Mm. I got that was a good one. Yeah, dude, eighty bucks for Twilight Princess, ninety-seven bucks. Why did I ever sell my copy of Twilight Princess? I'm so pissed. <laughs> Same thing with fucking NBA Street Volume Two. Like that was that was such a good. I used to actually. I didn't sell that one. I lost that. Uh, to, I left that at a friend's house, mm. and then like me and that guy ended up falling out for a couple of years. It'd be like that. Yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. Lost my fucking memory card with all my save files on it, bro. No. Dude, I was working through fucking Rogue Ops. I, what am I gonna do? Just start playing it over with the new memory card? Uh, Rogue Ops sucks. It's so it's 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 such a defeat to like lose all your fucking save memory for shit. It's a uh, they're definitely some, like there are some games where I just be like fuck it, I just play this to play this. And then there's some games that are just like nope, I'm just nope, just just give the fuck up. That's why I've been playing Lego Star Wars because like I don't feel the I don't <laughs> oh, feel the need. Yeah, I, I, other than like other than like getting all the studs in a level and getting the uh, true Jedi rating, mm. I don't feel the need to like, you know, get, 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 go hardcore on it or whatever. It's a it's a basic it's a basic game. You run through, you beat shit up, you know, yeah. until it breaks into little Lego bits, and then there's comedic fucking cutscenes based honestly on the movies. honestly great games. Um, I remember I actually have played a lot of LEGO Star Wars, and it was funny because my little brother is 12 years younger than me. So I have an older brother and older sister, and then it was me, and I was the baby for 12 years, and then my little brother comes along. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, I guess I'm helping take care of a child now. And it was definitely a really interesting experience. Uh, and so, like, one of the things that me and him used to do all the time when he was a kid was play LEGO Star Wars, because, like, I'd be playing all these video games, and my mom's like, these are too violent for him. And I'm just like, yeah, but all right, LEGO Star Wars. And it's like one of those games where it's like, obviously, any kid can play it. But it's cool and fun enough to play as an adult and have a good time. I um, I always I have a couple of extra controllers as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, just I have a nothing on it. Just rip it out or whatever. I have a couple of extra uh, controllers for like playing like multiplayer games and stuff. Um, I think Lego Star Wars is the only game I have that's multiplayer at the moment. But um, yeah, like if a friend comes over or something, <laughs> just you want to play this party game. It's Lego Star Wars. And if I come over to someone's house and they're like, we're playing Lego Star Wars 1, bitch, I'm like, right now, let's go. Throw down. Get, if this bitch tries to make out with me, I'm going to fuck get her out of here, man. I'm trying to play Lego Star Wars. <laughs> Yo, we're on Tatooine right now. <laughs> Chill the fuck out. Excuse me, miss. Love your tits, but I like this game even more. This pod race is intense. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a jam. 
Speaking of pod race, oh man, that brings back memories. You ever play a, it's actually, because so many people think it's called Pod Racer. It's not. It's called Star Wars Racer for the N64. That was the pod racing. I haven't played it, but I've watched plenty of gameplay footage of it. It is one of my favorite racing games. That shit fucked so hard. It was such a good fucking game, and uh, they need to remaster that. Like, it was so good. I loved that game. I still remember the cheat code to put in to, like, unlock everything, because... Like you said with like all the memory card shit, if you like lose that and you're just like, fuck this, I'm not doing all this again. You just put in, it was, because uh, you go to like the cheat screen and then it's RR Tangentopicus. And that was the cheat code to like unlock uh, all the fucking shit, all the, I think it was like all the different racers. And then like some like special like cheat code racer that you could only get by putting in the code and everything. Yeah, I don't, I like. It was so good though. I hate referring to it as content with older stuff because that's not what we called it back then. But yeah, like games used to have so much more stuff in them. Just more content. They like, couldn't were, focus on graphic quality because it just wasn't there so they had to fill it with other stuff. Like, like you go back to like the original Deus Ex and it's it's saturated with content. Like, all these old games are absolutely saturated with content because they didn't have the time. Well, they had the time, but they didn't have the uh, technology, rather, to focus on making it beautiful because they just couldn't. So they had to make it entertaining in other ways, which is content. Yeah, like, I think about, like, um, all the cheat codes that were available. You said cheat screen. Mm -hmm. All the cheat codes that were available for these games, like, my, the Spyro games were always my favorite because there were always some fucking hilarious, fun cheats. Big Head Spyro. See, I was always thin Spyro. Uh, um, GameCube and Xbox, so I never really played PlayStation. Mm. I can move that like mic stand out of the way, so it's not just like all fucked up or whatever. I can't comfortable. So, um, cheats in games, yeah, the Tony Hawk games too with like the zero gravity and all the bonus characters and shit, like that mm. stuff was awesome too it was always so funny to get like the perfect it was always so funny to turn on like the, the perfect balance like the zero gravity and then just fucking I remember that shit for uh get like Unreal million Tournament. point that combos was, that was the game that I would always put cheat codes on or like mutators or what they're called, it's like I always had the low grav and everything, mm. I don't know if you ever played Unreal Tournament but that was a fucking jam it was such a jam because it was just like one of the most over-the-top shooters. Everything was ridiculous. Everything was insane. It was that first game that really had like all these like triple kill and all this stuff. Like, it was that was what the thing was before like Halo did that shit. It was Unreal Tournament. So in my high school and my junior year, my sophomore and junior year, we used to play Quake Three on the school yeah. on the school fucking server, and um. Like every time we would go to the, the to the computer lab in biology when I was a sophomore, someone would be playing it, <laughs> and fucking every now and again the the teacher would walk around and he'd like he was kind of cool, and he'd kind of like turn that off, you know? Yeah, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you if you if I see you playing that again. Like he would never <laughs> actually do that shit, but like. And then one time towards the end of the year, you know, I get my assignment done early, so I hop on Quake Three and I start playing with the boys in class. All of a sudden, I get blasted off of a platform, just disrespectfully watch myself die. And the teacher goes, yeah, remember that. Get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. He came in and just made a bitch of me in front of the whole class. That's funny. Didn't even have to stand up. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Uh, uh, high school was an experience. 
I remember the first time I, uh, it was like in the computer lab, which is like why I remember, like why you reminded me of this. The first few times I smoked weed and, uh, was out of high school. <laughs> well, no, it was, uh, I never really smoked in high school, but like I got high as fuck the night before. And then I was in school and it was like only the first few times. So I was like, still like fucking high or like feeling it or something. And I wasn't really a troublemaker in school, but I was in the computer lab and I'm sitting, I'm just like trying to do the assignment and I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now. I was like, it was so hard. Like I couldn't do it. And it was like some really simple shit. And I was like, and I was kind of freaking out. And then the vice principal comes in, who's, you know, the disciplinarian in the school. And I think he's like coming in from like, Oh God, they know I'm high. Oh no. Ah." And he comes in, he looks around and then he just comes and like takes the kid who's like, always a troublemaker. And I'm like, okay, it was that shithead as me. Okay, that's good. The first time I ever <laughs> smoked weed was right off the campus of the of where I went to high school. And, um, like, we just literally walked, like, ten feet off of the parking lot. We're in the woods between, like, a, 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 a swamp and the parking lot. We're like, no, we're good. We're, we're fine here. No one will ever think to look over here. No one will ever think to look ten feet over that way when they see <laughs> clouds of smoke coming out. Oh, teenage logic. <laughs> it was after school, so we felt a little bit more comfortable with it. We were doing driver's ed, you know. That okay. was that yeah. was an after school program. Yeah. So you know, we stand around, we smoke. It's it's a good time. I'm not like baked, but I can tell. I'm like, oh, okay, this is weed. Like that was like the. <laughs> this is what weed is. <laughs> and um, we we go back to class. We're sitting there. My buddy Miles, who was out at the smoke sesh with us, who's a, who's been smoking weed longer than I have at this point, he's just laughing and giggling, just like silently, like trying not to like break his shit. He just keeps, and I keep looking over at him. I keep looking up at the teacher, and I'm like, this motherfucker's gonna bust us. <laughs> We're gonna get fucking busted because this guy can't fucking control the giggles. <laughs> It'd be like that. She didn't do anything. She just sat there and let it happen the whole time. I'm just like, you're sitting there stoned for the first time. I'm like, she knows. She just doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. She's she's probably like, I don't get paid enough for this bullshit. This is after hours. Fuck it. Oh, man. Yeah. High school was good times. But, like, that stuff's like. It's weird because, like, it is kind of stupid in retrospect. Like, the stuff you care about. Yeah, I did not have a great time in high school. The stuff that, like, bothers you and the stuff that, like, you you get upset or, like, let run your life. Yeah. But then also there's, like... It's all literally just dumb. So, like, the dumbest shit. The dumbest shit. Mm. And I I always see, like, people when they're, like, uh, uh, like, you know... It happened when I when I was when I was leaving high school. My contemporaries, you know, and I'd see my sister say the same thing. Like, oh, I can't wait to leave. It's like all that's out there is the real world. Yeah, you think that's hold, fun? Hold on to it for a moment. <laughs> Just forget all the other bullshit and have fun. Yeah, I didn't learn that till like my last till like my last semester of high school. Yeah, I, uh, I had a good time senior year uh, for the most part, and it was mostly because like I got so many of my credits out of the way. Like, I really only had like one actual class and it was English and then the rest were like electives or just nothing and so I was just like I don't have to give a fuck like I don't have to like I had two other classes that were like real classes one was applied physics which I fucking failed because 
at the time it was really confusing and I honestly didn't need to pass it, so I didn't mm. care. <laughs> and then I took advanced algebra with trigonometry only because I really liked my math teacher junior year. And then I'm in this class and I'm like, why the fuck did I do this to myself? I absolutely didn't need to take this. What is wrong with me? <laughs> um, so at, at my high school, you could take like, you could take algebra or algebra one with lab or something like that as a, as a freshman mm. and if you take algebra one with lab you get two credits and you need four math credits to pass well the, when i was there mm. you need four math credits across your four years to pass if you get your four math credits by your junior year you still have to take a math credit next year that's bullshit I'm sorry, you told me I fulfilled the requirement. Yeah, that's bullshit. Why am I still here? I absolutely did not need to take math <laughs> senior year, and I, some, I, some some sort of reason I did. I could have put an elective that I actually liked in here. Yeah. I could have taken another photography class or something. Yeah. It was, oh, speaking of electives, there was such a weird thing that happened. Cause like, so I started playing guitar when I was like 16. Me too. And the only like actual like any kind of like lessons or like teaching that I got was an elective I took in school called beginner guitar. Um, and it was cool. They taught me like the basics, just like not even really scales, just like chords. We all just kind of like sang uh, really basic radio station, fucking old school classic rock songs, like an uncle cracker song or whatever the fuck. I don't even know some basic shit. And, uh, so there was that and I was like alright I want to learn more and they have this advanced guitar class and then the music teacher who was teaching music at the time he left for my senior year and he like knew how to play guitar and then the music teacher they got didn't mm. but I was already signed up for the advanced guitar class so I come in and this new music teacher's like oh hi you know uh, I uh I'm a music teacher, but I, I know trumpet. I don't know guitar, so this is just going to be a music theory class and not a guitar class. And I'm like, I didn't sign up for that. This is not what I wanted. And I took a fucking bunch of music classes my senior year because I wanted to learn so much. I took uh, advanced guitar. I took acoustics and recording. I took uh, music technology. Um, those might have been it, but like each one of those were like some pretty significant, like big classes. Like whereas like a lot of them would take up like forty five minutes. Each of those classes took an hour or like an hour and a half. Like they were two blocks. So um, I, I just thought of this. I had to say it real quickly. Do it. Intro to partying with Professor WK. Andrew WK. I would take that class. <laughs> I totally take that class. I honestly didn't like get into partying when I was a kid either. <laughs> it was like I was so out of touch. Like, my childhood was fucking strange because, um, so my whole family is family. <laughs> uh, I'm from family. I'm from across the... Oh, okay, well, we won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you're probably not that familiar with this area. But, uh, so, there's a town that's between here and Fall River called Westport. It's Hick Town. It's uh, and it's just like a farming community town. It's one of the biggest towns, uh, like as far as size, in Massachusetts. Like the three, three of the three, four of the biggest fucking towns in Massachusetts are all on the south coast. It's Westport, Dartmouth, Rochester, and Plymouth, and they're all fucking huge. Um, and so my whole family is from Westport. They're all just like white people, farmer type shit. Um, my parents got divorced when I was two. 
my mom and my siblings moved to Mattapoisett, which is like yuppie, rich people town. Not super rich, but rich enough, definitely. There's definitely fucking millionaires who live there and shit. Um, but we what, moved to the section What if eight. instead of Mattapoisett, it was Mattapoxit? Uh, I mean, that would sound and, pretty accurate, because we, I tell people... Uh, what Matt is poking is a vagina. <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. I did it. <laughs> um, what, uh, when I tell people that name, it's like, because I've got friends that I play with online that are from the South, like Carolinas, Alabamas. They're like, oh, what town did you grow up at? And, they're, and I'm like, Mattapoisit. And they're like, that's not a real name. No <laughs> town is called that. And I'm like, no, no, really. Because it's, it's a Native American name. And uh, there's a bunch of those around here. And uh, it's like weird and sad how it was appropriated because there's so many small communities. Like there's a small community in Mattapoisett called Antasawamak. And that's obviously a Native American name. But yeah. you know who lives in that community? All of these rich fucking white people on the beach. And it's just like, okay, so you're like, oh, we're going to pay you know homage to these Native Americans by taking all their land and then just calling our gated community after your name. It's such, it's fucking, it's, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, um, well, yeah, change it to some white people shit, like, welcome to Glendale or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah, there's like 30 Glendales, there's, what's, what's the difference, you know, if there's just one more? Well, um, welcome to Woodtown. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such un like <laughs> uncreative names. I mean, the white people are great for that. You know? Welcome to, welcome to Brick Building City. <laughs> I like that, that would be... Baltimore, there's so much brick in Baltimore. That would be like, uh, a, or or DC. There's there's a lot of brick in both. I, I've I saw way more, like so much brick when I was in Baltimore though. Like holy shit, there's so many brick buildings. Mm. That's Bricktown. I've I've driven you know I've driven up and down the East Coast a little bit and into like sort of like the the Midwest area and I just some you know I, I can't I can't even remember the places I've been through. Like mm. I know where I've been to. But, like, I, I can't remember the shit that I've, like, been through. That's, like, hard to, like... I'm like, yeah, I've been through Maryland. And then I'm, like, thinking about it. And I'm like, what the fuck does Maryland even look like? Yeah. <laughs> I was just in Maryland because I went on a month-long road trip. And uh, it was really fucking cool because, like, the whole uh, brood X to cicadas, which yeah. is, like, that big brood, that was happening right... Like, I got a cicada when I was in Nashville because nice. because I drove right through that shit and I was just like, I want a tattoo because I'm out here. And uh, like there weren't really many cicadas in Nashville, but that was just by the time I got there. I drove all through. So I got to Maryland and I'm on the highway and I hear this noise, which I think is just like cars going, like a, this loud hum. And I yeah. think it's like another highway or like a train or something. And I put my windows down and I'm just like, holy fuck, that's just the woods. Like, it's insane how loud it is. They're just screaming. Oh, my man. God, and there's so fucking many of them. It was wild. It was really fucking cool. Because we get cicadas up here, but not like that. Oh, yeah. Not like that. It was That brood was fucking soon. Yeah. It's like, it's fucking, it's fucking nuts. I love, yeah, I do kind of love, like, a, a good summer night where, like when I'm outside and I can just hear, like, the insects all just, like, humming and buzzing and just, it kind of like vibing. comes in like waves and pitches like sometimes it gets really intense it gets loud and then it like backs off mm. like never like totally goes away yeah but it's just it's just yeah just insects vibing <laughs> yeah it's uh I, there's uh i you know i've lived in the city i've lived in the in the the country um i've been everywhere man there's different appeals to everything like uh i i relate much more to like people in the city and stuff because like um, how 
like kind of going back to like how I grew up, like, yeah, sure. I grew up in Mattapoisett, which is like a rich white town for the most part. Uh, but like we moved to the section eight of that town. So our, I assume you're vaguely familiar with section eight housing. Mm-hmm. So it's literally we're the poor kids in a rich town and all the, the like fucking 10 little houses that all look the same on that street, which were the Section 8, the people who ended up there were mostly, like, the fuck-ups from the town. Mm. Just like, oh, hey, like, your dad works for the town, but you have a child and you're a crackhead. All right, we're going to put you in at Homestead Court in Mattapoisett. You know, you can just live there. So, like, my neighbors were just, like, these, like, fucking strung-out, like, white fucking crackhead people. Like, not all of them, but, like, it was kind of common. And it was just, like, that was just the vibe. And it was so strange because, like, we had we're like all right well we have power and food cool and everyone's just like oh yeah so i spent my weekend on my boat with my parents and all my friends and you know we went out to nantucket and everything and i'm like that sounds cool all right you said you said something about (laughs) section 8 housing and that makes that makes me think when you work in like fast food uh you know or like convenience stores or gas stations or whatever a lot of the people that you have a choice of fucking live in Section 8 housing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm too familiar yeah. <laughs> with some yeah. of that shit. <laughs> I'm definitely, like, I've always was very aware of, like, how lucky I was. Because we could have ended up in Section 8 in the city. And, like, it would have been okay. You know, I've definitely been around all the Section 8 in the city. And, like, some of it's beat the fuck up. Some of it's not bad. Usually it's not as ghetto as a lot of people think it is, but, you know, it's still Section 8. Um, but I was also very aware that I got to go to a good school, that uh, I got to get a decent education, that I wasn't in the middle of a city growing up, and that I didn't have to deal with that, that I was five minutes from the beach and I could just ride my fucking bike there. I just had to deal with being the poor kid, which, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'll survive. I had to deal with that, too. I'm going to take, take a little picture, a little a little Picture picky. in picture? And I'm gonna post it to to Facebook store. I'm gonna post it to all the stories, and I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get famous on the internet. That's that's how you do it these days. <laughs> what? Get famous on all the internets. What was the last thing you're saying? Uh, Before I literally just said what I was doing. <laughs> um, so I was talking about uh, like living in a bunch of different places, and like right now I live in the city, and I've always related more towards like the city vibe, the city atmosphere, the city feel because I grew up poor. Mm. So it was, I always related to like people who struggled more and people who had like all these issues. Uh, and like, I, I didn't relate to the people around me in these fucking towns because they were so out of touch with like the struggles that I had and like how I grew up and how I saw things. Like there was times where we, like we definitely had times where, uh, we had to like struggle for food or like didn't have power uh, for like a few like a week or so um, or like sometimes longer and that shit sucked ass but it was just like it was a thing and it was you know fucking whatever you just got to live with it it's, you didn't know really anything else at the time but it's also you're kind of like aware that the people around you aren't dealing with that so I always gravitated towards the people who would at least vaguely understand that struggle which happened to be in the city I do have to give my parents credit for that because they never, they were never like the, you know, they never had the most money and, uh, but like they made it work, you know, they made, Mm. they made, uh, what they had work for, work for them, work for us and, 
you know, we never really noticed. I mean, like, we knew we didn't have stuff like the other kids had. We didn't have always have, like, the nicest clothes and shit. But, like, right. we never really thought of ourselves as being poor. My parents did a good job with that. It was just like, oh, I just fucking, I just don't have nice things. Oh, well. Mm. And, like, I, I'm like some people, some people will, like, over empathize, put themselves in that position a little too much, and be yeah. like, "Don't that makes the kid feel?" Oh, it's like, no. When when you don't have that sense of entitlement when you're a kid, you have like that I want, but it, after enough time and not of like wanting and not getting something, you're like, yeah. And that was like for me, it was definitely a lot of that of just like, whatever. I'm just gonna. I'm. I have what I have. And, like, I can't do anything about it, so I'm just going to, you know, live the life that I can and enjoy it as good as, good as I can. And it was just definitely a struggle. There's, you know, I definitely didn't have a great childhood by any means, but I made the best of it that I could. And uh, I also, like, started working at 14 because uh, I was just, like... If I wanted things, I had to pay for them myself. So I like I started working on the weekends, just be like, I want a motherfucking Xbox 360 when it comes out. I want this TV. I am gonna save up a fucking thousand dollars of my own money to get all this shit because I want it right now. And the reason why I did that was because we were always all these things that everybody had growing up, like oh, so, oh, an Xbox and all this stuff. We got years later. You know, we didn't have an Xbox until maybe like a year or two. If that before like the 360 came out, because we just couldn't fucking afford to get it, and so like I felt lucky that we were just getting them at all, and so I kind of got to the point where like I was old enough to get a work permit and like start working for myself, and so I did that just because I'm like I want to know what it feels like to actually have this shit when it comes out, like to be that kid that's like, all right, I can talk about this with all my friends and be like, yes, I know what it's like to have that mm. and to like be like basically like on the ground floor and like have it when everybody else is having it, have the popular things, like just have shit to talk about, not just to talk about, but to like enjoy it because there's always that case of like, hey, oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. And I'm like, that sounds great wonder when I'm gonna get it because it was always in the back of my mind that like all these things Xbox GameCube all these things they would all talk about them so much uh and I knew that as soon as they come out it's like it's like it's at least like two or three years before I even think about having one before that price drop happens yeah yeah that's what happened. My um, my dad didn't get my dad didn't we didn't get the uh, PS2 to like 2003 or four. My dad was just waiting for that price drop. Mm -hmm. He wasn't gonna buy it at that original price. And uh, but yeah, once um uh, once he did, I he got one of the first games he got was Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2004. <laughs> and because I was a loser kid, I learned all the celebration dance moves. I literally <laughs> would watch the game, like watch the end, like you could like buy animations for your character to do after like you know yeah, celebrations or like. Uh, oh, did you you actually like did them like dance? I would yeah, I would look the look at the ones I liked, and I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna figure out how to do that right now. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Start popping and locking. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, and it's, that's like some of that weird kid shit. That is just like, just some absurd things. It's like, I'm going to learn all the dances from Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2004. Like, I just did. I, well, I mean, I was a fucking loser when I was a kid. You know? I mean, everyone's Most a loser are, when yeah. they're a kid. And if they say they're not then they're probably still a loser. <laughs> like, everybody's a loser when they're kids because kids have their fucking heads up their asses. Like, you know, fucking good on them, whatever. It's, it's part of being a kid. You know, my younger brother, he's 19 now, and he's a, a great kid, but 
I kind of look at him and I'm like, God, I really hope I wasn't this stupid at his age. And then I'm like, I definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got to say that my youngest sister, um, she's 10 years younger than me. She's 19. Um, she's definitely a lot, lot uh, smarter at that age than I was. She's definitely, she's got a, a better mind for things like saving money and budgeting and, and work and stuff like that. And I just, when I was 19, I had none of that. When oh, yeah, I, was, I still have When I was 19, <laughs> I was fucking selling weed and flipping games at GameStop. <laughs> They're worse things. They're worse things. I didn't, I, I avoided getting a real job for so long just doing that shit. Mm. Like, just trying to, like, just trying, just trying to, like, keep, I would be like, yeah, I can fucking keep sell Keep the some, hustle alive. I yeah. sell some weed, I fucking trade in some games, you know, I'm good. Hey, as long as you make it away. And, like, I almost, like, respect that equally if not more than like just going and getting a job because it's just like you're you're trying to be self-sufficient with it you're not just mm. like oh well i'm just gonna go get something where somebody pays me to do this you're like nope i've got to make sure that i secure money doing these things and it's literally all on you doing it i have to find a way to do something that i actually care about i need to figure out what i care about mm. and then um you know find a way to make money off that nobody makes a business not wanting to make money and like literally when i first started all this stuff is like well i don't want to make money off it because this is my art this is what i care about but like now i'm thinking about it it's like oh, yeah dude fuck it make money off your art like who cares i gotta it's i gotta find capitalized. a way to yeah Everyone i gotta find a way to do it that would feel ethical by me i wouldn't yeah, yeah like i wouldn't be able to just sell a shirt with the with the logo on it as cool as as, as much as i like Why the not? logo because if it's a cool logo and people enjoy wearing it like then that's just I feel like that would just like look awkward on a t-shirt. Like, where would I place it? How big would I make it? You know? I mean, you could do that. You could... It doesn't hurt to try it out. Make a shirt. See how it looks. Wear it. And you'd be yeah. like, if you don't like it, come up with a different design or, or replace it somewhere else. Or do, you know, there's uh, so many people like are so hesitant to do shit because they're like, I don't know if it'll work. And I'm like, that sitting there wondering if it will work is inhibiting you more than, than just trying it. Because how much all these people who have been successful, all these people who have done shit, like, and everybody knows this adage of like, you know, you fail a thousand times before you succeed, and that's true in everything. And that's not just literally just failing and stumbling. It's throwing shit against the wall and then not just failing, but learning from those failures. That's where the success comes in. It's the actually building upon the failures. It's not just failing. So many people think that they can avoid the failure. It's literally part of the success. You have to fail in order to see what doesn't work so you can figure out what does work. You made me think about like breaking things down, mm. breaking other things down in order for you to go in the path that you want to. Yeah, you absolutely have to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, there's so, like, you know, how you guys saw me perform last night. I've never performed like that before. And it's taken me, I've been doing this for like almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me this long to realize, like, kind of come into my own of not just how I want to perform, but what type of music I want to make. Because I want to do everything. I hate being limited with genre that's why i have a fucking straight acoustic song ep coming out then i have a straight rap ep coming out and then i have my band which is literally like post-funk heart post-hardcore funk or like literally whatever the fuck i've been working on like punk songs i've been working on funk songs i've been working on post-rock songs i've been working on everything because i hate being limited because i get bored really quickly if i do the same thing twice i will never write the same song twice because it's so boring to me 
Um, I love being the underdog. You gotta love playing the game. I, you know what my favorite part is? Not when I win. Yeah, winning's fine. I like when I get punched in the fucking face and then I gotta get back up and do it again. That's on me. That's my fault. But I like that. That's why I'm here. I want you to next question. I want you to meet him and do that. <laughs> You know, know how many people like, probably do that to him? <laughs> probably, but I just, I want to see somebody do I that. I would love to see a video of Gary V being like, let me rate Gary V impressions. Like, that would be, because he doesn't, he doesn't seem like he would take himself that seriously, but oh, also, doesn't. you would never know with a guy like that, you know? No, he's, from what I understand, he's like a super cool dude, and he just doesn't give a fuck. Hey, that's why I have a lot of respect for because he does go out there looking kind of goofy sometimes, and he doesn't care. He, he just does not fucking leaves care. it all out there. He sends it. Andy, how old are you? I'm 31. So, um, something about Gary V. <laughs> yeah, it was your Gary V impression. That's where that's where we were at. Oh yeah, that's no, no, no. I remember. I was moving on to the next question I had. Um, you were you were talking about you were talking about like genre and your band and stuff. Yes. Is Melvin's an influence on you guys' sound? <sighs> uh, yeah, but not really. Okay. The only is reason why I say not really is because like I really haven't listened to Melvins all that much, and okay. like, I definitely respect them and appreciate them. Uh, but to say they're an influence would just be kind of a lie, just because I haven't listened to them enough to be an influence. Like for me, what I would say my major influences are, and this is the only the tip of the iceberg, because. I listen to so much different shit, and I'm always constantly influenced by different stuff. Like, recently I've been listening to, like, a fuck ton of James Brown, because mm. he's awesome. Uh, like, eh, his 80s stuff, where he gets into, like, the synthetic drums. I'm just like, this just doesn't suit you, James. I'm sorry, yeah. it just doesn't. But, uh... His, like, basically the 70s, like, late 60s, all that stuff is fucking amazing. It's so good, and it's just got such a groove to it. Like, you have so much, so much music that wouldn't exist at all if it wasn't for James Brown. You know, no hip-hop, no funk, none of it would be there. Just because of both the people he worked with that started funk, and also, like, he's the most sampled artist of all time. Like, mm. hands down. There's no one even close. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of funk. I've been listening to... Uh, I always listen to punk. I'm always uh, on, on the punk vibe with different stuff, like, whether it be hardcore or uh, this band that I've been listening to quite a bit called Stab City, which, like... You did, it's, that's such a good name, Stab I, City. I feel it's like I've seen you amazing. post about them. It's so good. Yeah, probably. Um... But uh, lots of different hardcore. Uh, one of my favorite bands that's definitely been a big influence on me in the last few years is called Show Me the Body. They're out of Queens. Uh, and they're awesome. They're like this great fucking hardcore band that's like really weird. And I remember I've seen them twice now, both times in Providence. The first time I saw them was uh, they were at uh, Aurora, which I don't know if you remember Aurora at all, but it was a good venue. Nah, it was a great venue. Um and there's like only like 30 people at that show, if that, if that. It's probably less. Um, and I was like a super fan at that time already. I was like religiously listening to their first album. I introduced myself to all of them. I was geeking out. I'm like, you guys are my favorite. I love you guys so much. And they go up and they start playing. And I didn't realize it. I thought uh, the singer just used a weirdly tuned guitar. The motherfucker plays an electric banjo in a hardcore band. Nice. And it's fucking awesome. It's so awesome. I'm uh, sending, I fucking love them. I'm sending you a screenshot of an album. You said something about funk and stuff like that. You might like this album. It's Fuck called yes. Duran Jones and the Indicators. I, I will definitely check that shit out. Yeah, I've, from the moment I turned it on, I was like, this is great. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard of a group called Busty and the Bass? No. 
Okay, they got an interesting song called Figure It Out. I'll send you a link to that as well. Okay. You might like that. How about it? Uh, it's uh, yeah, busting the bass is awesome. That was that was mm. cool. I, I that was one of those ones I discovered during the pandemic. It's oh, like cool. on title is just always recommending new shit. And I used to have this rhythm where I would like every weekday I would be listening to new stuff all the time. And then on the weekends I'd listen to old shit. I haven't been doing that so much recently, probably because mm. I felt like I was like just ruining. I used my brain. to be religious about finding new music, uh, and then it like, and I almost am sad that I'm not anymore because it's it's. It's so great, but it's exhaustive at the same time. Exactly. Like, it's so easy because I... Like, like I said earlier, who do I think I am? Anthony Fantano? <laughs> yeah. And so I, uh, I'm a Reddit fiend at times. Uh, there are times where I don't go on at all, and there are times where I'm, like, religiously on it. Uh, Red, Reddit. What is, what is Reddit? Is this uh, is R-E-D-D-I-T, you mean? Yeah. Are you not familiar with Read it. it? I am familiar. I was going to be like, to, "Have you never been on the internet I, I was, before?" I was trying. I was trying to make a joke. Like I once, I once heard, I once heard this dude say, "What is Reddit?" And it just made sense because he was just like a hot guy, and I was like, <laughs> "That is the most hot guy thing you could say." So like, I heard him. He go. He went, "What is Reddit?" I'm like, "Cool, dude. You get pussy. Awesome." <laughs> <laughs> is that all it takes? All right, I'll pretend to not know what Reddit is. <laughs> anyway, you were saying... You know. So, there's uh, a great thread on Reddit called Listen to This. It's fucking amazing. It's literally just anybody, everybody posting whatever the fuck on this page of like, hey, this is a great band, hey, this is a great band, hey, this is a great band. And I was to the point where... Uh, at like the peak of me doing this, I would find like 10 new bands a day. Nice. And that is too, like, I loved it. That is too much. Mm. Like, I can't, like, possibly listen to that much music and, like, actually, like, focus on it and listen to it and spend that much time on Reddit and write music and work and exist. It was, it was a lot. And I miss it because I miss finding so much new music. There's so much cool shit. I know. I wish I could drive myself to. Like, I have my bedroom set up like a workspace and stuff so I can, like, do all that kind of shit make videos and stuff but half the time i just don't feel anything in my heart mm. i don't want to listen to anything new i don't even want to listen to stuff i like i don't want to make a video about some dumb shit like what what do i actually want to do i yeah. don't know <laughs> and that's it's honestly it's really important to just like to feel it out because there's so many times where i pushed myself to do stuff and it's i just start finding that like i'm not making good music or i'm not making what i want to because I'm working like too hard and there's definitely a degree of you have to push yourself to do shit sometimes but if you do it too much then the product isn't going to be worth it and it's about finding that golden ratio so many people are like oh work you know all day every day you know grind you know don't don't rest don't sleep and I'm like cool I guess if that works for you but uh and I am definitely one of those people who like constantly like I burn the candle at both ends all the time like it's what I do like I'm constantly like if I'm not working I'm working on music and like there are times where I chill the fuck out uh, but there are times where I abs I don't for months there are times where I just am doing shit all the time and like I need to like I have that fire burning and I'm like alright I need to go do this I need to fucking finish this song I need to work on this next song and as long as that fire is burning then like I'm okay but if it starts to dissipate then I'm like alright I need to you know put the brakes on a little bit because my mind needs time to chill so that I can reinvigorate it because a lot of that fire for me is uh, getting pissed at myself for not accomplishing enough and then I'm just like 
fuck this, I gotta get this shit done, I gotta fucking go hard, and I do that so much, and that's why I do as much as I do, but like, it's, it's just a weird fucking vicious cycle, and it's probably not the healthiest thing, but it's how I've existed, and I've, you know, I've done a ton of shit, so I'm, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, that's that's why I've been do, that's why I've been recording. That's why I've been doing hour long episodes of the podcast because like I just ran out of other video ideas. Mm. And then like worst comes to worst, if I want to like slice something out into like a smaller video, like hey, there you right. go. There's some there's some work work done yeah. <laughs> for yep. my fake job. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, if you can do something, if you can work at something that you actually enjoy, then it just makes it that much better. Like. Uh, Anybody who does like something creative, like podcasting or writing uh, or playing music or anything like that, and if they never feel like it's work, then they're probably not trying hard enough. Is because everything, everything feels like it's work sometimes, and if it doesn't, then you can put more effort in. Like it's it's just as simple as that. And I'm not saying that's for everybody because it's not. But it just you're just not going to get as far as the people who do. It's as simple mm. as that. I, I feel like I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to the psychiatrist and I'm just gonna be like, hey, uh, doc, let me get something. I'm having trouble concentrating at my job. Mm. Just massive air quotes. He's like, sir, you can stop moving your hands like that every time you say job. We'll just prescribe you the stuff. I'm not <laughs> listening. I'm just taking the prescription pad and just sticking it down my pants. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'll just see myself. <laughs> I'm I'm offended that you would. I'm just gonna go on this way, and no one has to call anyone. <laughs> hey, who's that big black guy? <laughs> Getting fucking tackled in the hallway. Uh. And, oh, so just because I'm the asshole. <laughs> Doctors are weird. That's a whole. I yeah, I've definitely had a lot of experiences. I've had multiple surgeries for random bullshit but also I've just had a lot of different doctor experiences that's a I, yeah I had a a lot of people don't know this but I've had, I had heart surgery when I was like 19 that sucks and it wasn't people were like that's oh intense. my god they cut you open and I'm like no it wasn't open heart surgery but it was heart surgery they did absolutely have like do shit to my heart and it Ugh. was it was fucking crazy because uh, I was awake for the whole thing what? um so, <laughs> anesthesia didn't work. Uh, so, it's it's this is an interesting story. So, uh, uh, so I was uh, buckle up, motherfuckers. I was uh, like eighteen, nineteen, and I was at work, and I just started passing out randomly. And they're like, "The fuck?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Fucking dick too big uses too much blood. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, something's arousing me at work. I guess I don't know. But uh, so I was passing out at work, uh, not just at work, just kind of like random fucking places. Like the first time it happened was in my house, my dad's house. Uh, my best friend found me on the floor. He's just like, "Stop fucking around." He was like, oh, fuck, you're not fucking around. Uh. <laughs> and so I get up and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. And uh, I had this genetic disorder, which uh, is called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. And so your heart has these two electrical nodes that a pulse goes from one to the other to regulate your heartbeat. And so uh, I apparently had an extra passageway that that pulse would sometimes go down and cause my heartbeat to be irregular. Yeah. And that was at times causing my heart to race or for me to pass out. And so like, all right, well, luckily this is a type of thing where we can just fix it. 
we have to go in and what the procedure is called is an ablation procedure. They go in through your legs up uh, into your heart and they literally cauterize the passageway so it work. Um, they go up through your legs? What kind of implement do they use? Is it like some kind of like... Super long like tubes and shit? Oh. Yeah, and it was crazy. It was really fucking cool. Um, and so... I thought, I thought sounding was bad. <laughs> so they told me, they're like, all right, so because of the type of surgery and what we're doing, you have to be awake the whole time. But you're going to be uh, like under anesthesia and you're not really going to know what's going on. You're going to be out of it and you're not really going to have, a, like, you're not going to be coherent. You're not going to know what's <laughs> happening. And something that I've known my whole life. Fucking is, deliver me, doctor. <laughs> I've been a tank with drugs my whole life. It takes me a lot of anything to get anything out of anything. Um, and so they lay me down on this tiny surgery table, which is like half the size of my back. And it was miserable because I was on it for like eight to 10 hours. Fucking sucked. Um, and so to the left of me, they had all these screens uh, set up to like the cameras of the inside of me. And then the doctors were to my right and uh, I'm waiting for the anesthesia to kick in and I'm literally just like chilling. My head's on the table. And apparently I couldn't move my head because that would potentially like tense up muscles and they couldn't have that. So uh, I would move my head to like see if I could see the screens to like see what the cameras and what they were doing. And the anesthesiologist who's sitting right next to me is just like, don't move your head. And what I didn't realize is every time I did that, she gave me more drugs. But I never, I never felt it. Like I was always like completely coherent the whole time. I was fully aware Yikes, of what was man. going on. Oof. And so they had felt it inside. So, not the pain. so uh, I could feel there was a numbing agent that they put on my legs, so that like they cut me open and put those shit in. But I couldn't feel the cuts, but I could feel just like tugging. Yeah. yeah, and it was really weird. And then they get to the point where they snake it all up into my heart, and the doctor's like, "All right, we're gonna start the ablation now." And I don't like that word. Can we do something about that? <laughs> How about cauterization? Is that better? <laughs> Slightly less bad. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, people talk about heartburn. Oh, but this is literally my—they burned my heart. And Oof. I felt that shit. Uh, it was literally just like somebody had like put like like a molten coal in my chest, and I could just feel this like fucking heat. Just it was fucking crazy. It was absolutely fucking crazy. I mean, yeah, that was part of the surgery. That was because they were literally the the my heart with the two uh, nodes and the passageways. The how they fixed it was that extra electrical passageway. They literally just burnt my heart. To just cancel out that passageway, so just the signal wouldn't go down it anymore. Numb your heart. No. Yeah, and so <laughs> I felt that shit. Stopping your heart would be bad. It would help. It would help get things done, but it would be bad. Yeah, so, bad <laughs> so that was a fucking experience. Uh, the most frustrating part. Because uh, <laughs> I didn't realize how much they gave me as far as anesthesia until afterwards. And then I'm in, like, my hospital room and everything. And my mom's there. And the 
uh, the anesthesiologist comes in. She's basically telling me, like, every time you turned your head, I gave you more drugs, and you were still mm -hmm. totally aware. And she showed me the list, and it just kept going of, like, more, 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 more. Like, the whole fucking surgery that she just kept giving me more drugs. No, it was just more of the same. It was basically, it was probably just in like small increments. Just be like, is this enough? Is this enough? Because I'm sure she wasn't trying to fucking kill me or anything. But it was just like trying to get me to that sh threshold where I'd be out of it. And I never reached it. Okay. So We're going to have to do another episode here with the bad practice boys. Because I'm just figuring out how to optimize this setup. So once you figure out how to do something a good way, you got to kind of take as much advantage of it as possible. Yeah. I've been sitting there the whole time with bad posture, fucking my back up, man. Yeah. Fucking making my sciatica angry, sitting on the edge of this futon, because I could have just stuck the microphone over here. Yep. Damn. It's a vibe. But yeah, no, man, that shit and fucking... I can get the, I can, for next time, I can definitely get the boys in here, so we can get the whole band. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good time. Because we... We, uh... We definitely get into some interesting conversations. Have some fun. Oh some yeah. Characters. That's that's I would ideally I would love that to be like an episode of the podcast one day. I just have like five people on and then I just like oh, yeah. say I say how about this and then everybody just talks for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I every now and again I just do, I just do my job. I'll be like I'm doing my job. <laughs> Talk about something. Yep. <laughs> what do you Well yeah, what are you doing by the way? My job. Keep talking. <laughs> it's so funny because one of the things that uh and you just I say this because you just got to remember to bring it up. Uh, when you have us all is we for the longest time we all had this like and we still do like an affinity for Arnold movies because nobody was ever and or ever will be Arnold Schwarzenegger and his movies are timeless and maybe they're not like the best movies but they're such a niche thing that there's like you can't get what you get out of an Arnold movie out of any other movie because what he did as an actor, what he did for that shit, nobody can do that. He was both like this awesome, cool action hero, but he was also fucking hilarious. Like even if he wasn't trying to be hilarious, he was hilarious. And that's something I'll give him is like, yeah, he never was the greatest actor, but he cared about acting. He cared he about entertainment. Absolutely. He cared about the performance. Yeah. So yeah, even though there's some times where he says some says some bad lines or some bad one-liners, just kind of has like a weird. Into but that's also the thing he's is like genuinely those, having fun with what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, those cheesy one-liners were like they're all absolute fucking classics. And like you can't tell me that motherfuckers don't go around just quoting those one-liners. And I don't care if you think it's like a joke or not. It's still, it's a, it's an earworm. It's stuck in you. Anytime, and, like, if it has had that significant of an effect, then, like, it's good. Anytime I have a chance to slip in, um, stick around from Commando, I know it was a good day. Uh, <laughs> uh my, my favorite part of Commando, uh, is when he's holding the dude over, over the cliff by the ankle. He's just, like... <laughs> and the guy's just, like, you said you'd kill me last, remember? You said you'd kill me last. And he's just, like... I lied and just <laughs> drops him and it was just like shit like that is just so good it's, it doesn't you don't need to do much it's just like that's great that's fucking hilarious like it's uh but yeah we all like um we're all like super into that shit it's just fucking hilarious uh it's and we just like come up with the most absurd shit like one of the songs we played last night and actually I don't even think we said the name I just I just imagined a room Jam full song? it was this, so there was the last one we had, which is actually just called Jam Two, yeah. 
because it's the second jam we came up with. Like, that's our set list up there, and you see all the names of them. And so, like, okay, yeah, that's the first one, Shake. Like, it literally, we played it in that order, except Jam 2 wasn't seventh, it was last. And the one second before last is, like, probably the most interesting name that's, that we came up I'm with. I want to make that a new, I'm going to make that a new brand of a... Uh, uh, Jam or jelly or something. I'm it's sure. just jam two. Jam two. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to jam one? We don't talk about. It's jam not one. even jam. It's just jelly. <laughs> but it's just called jam two. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, cause you jam it on a sandwich, bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and just like the absurdity of like the th some of the things that like we talk about and like do like. So the last song on that list says D R I A T T, and. Uh, I think it vaguely has something like my ex-girlfriend helped come hmm. up with that name and I don't remember exactly how but she, I think she said something about like Dennis Rodman is and that, we're just like is that 10th song called Honks? Hooks Hooks okay and it's called Hooks because it's that hardcore song that we played mm. and I call it Hooks because it doesn't have a hook nice um, but yeah, yeah it's just someone slapping a bass drum oh okay Slapping off that bass drum. Someone, someone's, someone's going in. They're making beats right now. Someone's beating off right now. I'm honestly surprised that we got this long without somebody trying to do shit like that. Right. That's all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I just. Oh yeah. You earlier you say you guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just imagine yes. a room full of just four guys just going. Rah, rah, rah. Oh, okay. That has happened. It's gonna be it's gonna be an hour of that, and that's it. That's oh my god, we 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 each do our own things. Like like we just do that. Like who fucking cares? On this episode, we talk like Arnold's the whole time. Because it's uh, just so many things he did were absolutely fucking classic. Whether you think they're funny or whether you think they're cool, they're classic. It's just nobody's ever gonna be Arnold again. Um... And it's just, yeah, we just always are about that weird shit. And, I know it's the uh, easy go-to, but like Predator, fuck it. Predator still rips to this. Oh, movie. fuck, so hard. It's such a good movie. It's so good. Like Terminator too. like the first first one and the second one are both great movies. Mm. And they're totally different movies, yeah, which I first, think is great. The first one's like a bone-crunching, like, 80s action movie. Well, it's 80s action, but it's also like kind of like horror. I was about to say that, yeah. Because he's being pursued by the the movie monster, like this this killing machine, and that's just like kind of like very mysterious. Whereas the second one, you kind of you know what the Terminator is, and also like he's a good guy. At the same time, there's this other one that's like, what the fuck is this? And it's just like this really awesome action movie, um, which also reminds me of a comparison between another. Uh, set of movies that's uh, a one and two that are totally different in the first one and two <laughs> But uh, the first one's a horror and the second one's an action movie and they're two of my favorite fucking movies around the same time I don't know if you can guess Around the same time as what were all the ones again? a Terminator one and two like they're at least you know oh, within alien. alien yeah. and aliens yep. and they're so fucking good both of them. Alien and Aliens are so... Like, Aliens is one of my favorite fucking movies. It is so good. And, like, also you have, like, this awesome fucking uh, female protagonist that just kicks fucking ass, doesn't give a fuck, like, is always telling these dudes who, like, are just arrogant fucking blowhards and just like, oh, you know, we're just going to capture the alien. She's like, you don't even fucking know what's going on, you dipshits. Hmm. And I love that. I like how in the first one all the roles were basically written to be... They were written to be like gender fluid. They could have been the male, the, the male and female roles could have been swapped, 
and they mm. would have been the same characters. Yeah. Um, and that's one reason. That's one thing that makes that original so great for me is that it's not trying to have a strong female protagonist. It just does. It just does. And then the second one takes that and uses it as a jumping off point yeah. to do a kick-ass female protagonist that isn't, you know, fucking just like Captain Marvel or something where they never they, they, they never get hit, they never learn a lesson, nothing bad ever happens to them. You know, whereas like in Aliens, yeah, like fucking Ripley's running into trouble all the time. All the fucking time. She's always fucking... Like the first movie is literally just... The, the, like a con is like a, a constant fear and struggle for her fucking life. And when she comes down with that fucking power armor, she's like, get away from her, you bitch. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's so good. The movie the end has of that arrived. Movie fucks. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and it's just like it's also going back to the end of the first one, which I think like I think the first time that I saw it, it was. Uh, I mean, it's always great and cool. But you don't realize, like, how fucking flonky and silly the full alien costume is in the first movie. Because oh, yeah. the special effects for the alien costumes are way better in the second one. But the first movie, that first alien, looks fucking ridiculous. There's because that's why there's only so many limited shots of it. Because yeah. the full costume looks silly They as gotta fuck. keep it in the dark. They gotta film it up close. So and they did a great it. job. There's that one scene where the dude's down in the tunnel and he turns the light and it just... It doesn't look scary. That scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I yeah. was like, oh man, but now I watch it as an adult. I'm like, that's just. A, well, it's also a product that's of That's just its a dude time. in a rubber suit. Yeah, it's also a product of its time, too. Like, at the time, that, those were like pretty cutting edge special effects. Whereas now we're used to things that look so much more real. They're like, ah, it's whatever. But uh, back in the day, you know, that was like as real as it got. Mm. And so it was definitely like terrifying back then. There's something to be said for like props and miniatures and stuff like that. Absolutely, There's, and it's it, to a degree like if when shot right, it's more realistic than all, almost all of these special effects. Mm. And like, it definitely uh, adds so much depth to the most to the of the best looking CGI stuff to me recently has just been real things that were painted over with some CGI enhancement. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. like the the animals, like the stuff, the stuffed animals from the Christopher Robin movie, like all Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and stuff. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it. They were all based off of like real stuffed doll models, okay. and there is a lot of behind the scenes. Like there's because there's some scenes where like they they don't really move that much. They're mm -hmm. just kind of standing in place talking, and those scenes were literally just filmed with Ewan McGregor talking to a stuffed animal, and then you know. Um, yeah, they just animated it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's about two minutes left. We can we can call it a day. We got about we got about I think we have over an hour now. Yeah, oh yeah, we definitely we have like do. Three 27 minute videos plus that one one that got cut for the battery. So yeah, yeah. So, so crushing it for for two minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, Andy, to plug plug yourself. Tell them where they. I mean, you already <laughs> talked about some of the stuff earlier, but feel free to run it back. All right, uh, y'all look me up on all the social medias and shit. I got a ton of shit coming out. I'm always working on stuff, always constantly. Uh, so keep a lookout. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Karath Delphi. That's K-A-R-A-T-H. D-E-L-P-H-I. Uh, also, my band, Bad Practice. We just played our first show in a year and a half last night. It was woo, fucking woo. awesome. Yeah, these two people were there, and it was fucking great. Thank you so much. I think it was great. I loved it. Uh, I'm getting real theatrical with this shit, because fucking send it. Uh, we have an album coming out in probably a couple months. Uh, it depends, you know, how much I can light the fire under these guys' asses who are working on it. But, you know, no pressure or anything. Just all the pressure. You know? It's always hard to light fire. <laughs> Under bandmates' asses, I always had trouble with that. That's my job. As like, that's it's what I like, and I say this before when it comes to show running, when it comes to music. Like, I exist for this shit. I exist to to push it. I exist to 
like be the motivator. I don't give a fuck. So many people are like, it's exhausting. And I'm like, I wouldn't know. This is, this is literally what I exist for. This is what I do. This is my life. I live and breathe this shit. We're, we're not just making art. We're performers. We're performers. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's all I got to say. Million Ex-Girlfriends, Andy Hopkinson. Mm. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, we, we out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> nice.